fun anecdotes? Is this no, I, I, I don't. Know the last job this is me. You, this is literally. This is me practicing. Am I good at segways? Small talk. It's, oh, I'm not. I'm not bad at small talk. Bad I, your small talk. <laughs> I'm. I'm terrible at segways. You're bad at small talk. That's Miss Stevens. It's one of the lines. You're terrible at small talk. Ooh, who who says that? Rob Hubel. Oh man, he's a, has a, such a strange part in this movie. His hair dye is really bad. <laughs> I did not notice that. Oh, it's a really like he. he yeah, they just did it. The but don't you think that that middle-aged married father would have that? No, I don't think he would think to dye his hair. Oh, he, was, he wouldn't. Not now. And I don't think it like worked for as a character thing. Hmm, interesting. Because I... Do you if, know Rob Hubel enough to determine if that's... He always does dyes his hair? I've or, never noticed it in anything else anything I've seen else him in. He's yeah. the shitty husband in Transparent, Transparent right? Transparent, yeah. He, he very famously, he's told the story, but he auditioned multiple times. For Don Draper. Really? That would have been terrible. <laughs> I like him fine enough, but yeah. like, you want to fuck Don Draper and... I don't know though, because like, people can get hot for roles. Sure. Like, if you think of Justin Thoreau when he was on Parks and Rec versus how he looked in... The Leftovers. The Leftovers. Like, mm. he's really nerdy looking before he decided to get hot. See, my, my Justin Thoreau touchstone is Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, which I think is a big, incredible movie. And he's hot in that movie. Oh, okay. So I, I don't think of him as part of Oh, see, but... to me, I, he's like my perfect example of like somebody who was like, oh, I'm going to be hot now. And mm-hmm. he like worked out and got tan and got a good haircut and yeah. dressed well. And mm-hmm. like, that's what made him hot. Sure. And like the example of that anybody can be hot if they try. Try hard. <laughs> Clay, yeah. I feel like you have things to say about Justin Thoreau. Uh, Justin Thoreau is my idol. Sure. <laughs> is he like on your, is he like your like... If you go gay, you go gay for Justin Thoreau. I feel like he's I'm not, more... I'm not saying you have to sign a well, contract. I think no, he's more like your not, example of that. I like, haven't thought about that work out and get with Justin Thoreau. And wear a leather jacket. Oh, like Clay could achieve Justin yeah. Thoreau. Well, and he's just a screenwriter. He was an mm. actor, then was a screenwriter for like 10 years. And then it was just like, oh, and also I'm just going to be on the best TV show of the last decade. And I'm going to be great on it. And I'm going to get hot. And I'm going to date Jennifer Aniston. Okay. He just like self-actualized all that stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I feel like we're close enough now that I can say that if you don't Justin throw in the next 20 years, I will be surprised. I'll, I'll how, go to Vegas how, and bet. How much pushups do I, would I have to do? More than you do now. <laughs> if, you, if you're just starting with pushups, it's going <laughs> to... Yeah, I actually recently was thinking about Justin Thoreau because I walked home from the gym in gray joggers and no underwear underneath, and I... It's a very Justin Thoreau. Naturally, enough. you'd think of Justin Thoreau. I would naturally think of Justin Thoreau, and it was like a solid 10 seconds of confidence before I realized there was nothing going on that was just remotely Justin Thoreau about the situation. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it was still very... I like that there was a, that it started with a moment of confidence. It though. started with yeah. an... Ex- but then you remember that scene, and you and you think, yeah, there's nothing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is yeah. not that. I'm a, very, that. I'm a very confident, proud person, but that is... Yeah, no. Uh, anyway, that's a great place to jump in and say, hello, and welcome to Chasing Chalamet, a bi-weekly podcast where me, Dane McDonald, noted Timothy Thirst Machine, and I guess Justin Thoreau, <laughs> aspirant in my mind. That's me. Yeah. Uh, You're talking about yourself? I'm talking about myself. (laughs) And a special guest, or in this situation, guests. This is a first. And and really, uh, as far as as much of this podcast as I have planned out, the only... The only only two guests? Only duo guests. I I actually really went into this thinking I was more interested in a one-on-one conversation. But when uh, Clay, you floated the idea of bringing Brit in, not only did it make sense geographically as we are broadcasting from an undisclosed location that Brick Keller would happen to be in. Right. But as a brother and sister 
team and a pair of friends who happen to work in and know the film industry that it, it, it made sense so yeah we're here to talk about uh, another another entry another selection in the filmography of the oscar-nominated actor timothy hal chalamet today we're going to talk timothy, about what's his middle name hal timothy hal, hal chalamet that's his the... initials are thc hal hal i feel like that's a very wow. not french sounding middle name yeah, I don't really know. Timothy I don't. Timothy Howe. Well, he's. He, Dane, you obviously would know his his. Uh, Is he not French? Well, he's, he's not like he's, he's not a Frenchman. He's well, no, but like he's partially French. He's like one parent is French and one is Italian. Okay, but he was raised in the United States. Yeah, I know. He's from New York. Yeah. He's, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, he's, gotcha. Yeah. He. Yeah. He, he has thoroughly European parents. Uh-huh, okay. He, he has uh, accents in his name. Timothy right. is spelled with like nineteen and a half e's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chalamet is. But he grew up. In the States. Yeah, he grew up he grew up in New York. Okay. He's he went to the same uh, performing arts high school as uh Nicki Minaj. Not at the same time. He was classmates with Ansel Elgort and um he dated Madonna's daughter, Lourdes. So I, many names. I spend a lot Lourdes? of time Lourdes, yeah. Okay. I spend a lot of time thinking about the parents of famous people that Timothy has dated and I worry for his well being. And you've you've seen the video of like the rap that he did for a stats class in high school. Brett, you say that sentence as if I couldn't recite it from memory. Right. Okay. I just like recently <laughs> saw that and I was okay. like, whoa. You don't have to be a real one to know the Timothy statistics rap. The real ones know his rap that he did. I don't really know what it's referred to. It's on YouTube and it's like, it, it, he says Hell's Kitchen at one point. So I think it's become like the Hell's Kitchen rap. Mm. But it's him rapping in his room with a friend on his iPhone propped straight up as if he doesn't know that you need to turn the iPhone mm-hmm. to have it. And it's a somewhat cinematic image. And he he raps about the fact that he's on Homeland. And the phrase he uses is Homeland, Homeland, which turned into Domeland. Which, for those who don't know what that sentence means, is Timothy's basically saying he was on Homeland and he received oral sex because he was on Homeland. Now, he could just be joking, because I think he's a pretty self-aware person, Mm -hmm. but he does say that phrase. Mm -hmm. Um, He also calls himself uh, Lil Timmy Tim, a.k.a. Two Inches Proud in that rap. You really, you should dig into yeah, his. He's an, as, an, an an aspiring uh, childish Gambino. He is. There. I, I I really don't know about uh, the person. Dane, will you have we? Can I talk? Yeah, please. Uh, so I'll just do. I'll do quick intros. Uh, oh, yeah. Clay Keller, screenwriter, actor, host of the Screen Drafts podcast. You mm-hmm. host Vidious Trivia. You, many bona fides. Well, you say I have many respectable bona fides, but uh, I guess I'm neither a real one, <laughs> nor even, I guess, a non-real one, because <laughs> I am utterly uh, ignorant to any and all of uh, Timothy Chalamet's internet raps. Sure, but you're also a straight man in your 30s, so That's true. it's uh, mm-hmm. not exactly your your bread and butter, if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah, this is a, this. I, f- I hope that I'm bringing a, f- a fresh perspective to your show. Which is interesting because you specifically said to me via text message that you wanted Miss mm-hmm. Stevens because, and I quote, I knew about Timothy before you did. Yeah, that's right. So, uh-huh. so he, you might not be a real, you may not be a real one, but you may be the first one. I mean, I, I'm sh- I cannot possibly. I mean, I've watched Homeland, but he was like the shitty like vice president's Son, kid or yeah. something. Yeah, and he like was dating uh, Damien Lewis's daughter. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't take take notice of him in that, but I definitely before I knew the name Timothy Chalamet, and he was pre Call Me by Your Name. And mm-hmm. I, I I saw this this film we're talking about today and and made particular note. Yeah. Of the very talented young man, you flagged him in the in the the recesses of your mind as a, a young fresh talent. To, oh, definitely. If yeah. he hadn't been, I mean, he's so popular right now. But if I had seen this movie 
and not like known his name, I would have been like, oh shit, this kid. Yeah. And that's a great place to say that's Brit Keller. Hey guys. Brit uh, is Clay's sister, uh, but he gays. <laughs> Brit Keller, uh, among her many her many shining talents and quantifiers, is a huge Thor Ragnarok stand. <laughs> so it's Brit. It's sort of lovely. I feel like our our friendship sort of blossomed after I was on Clay's show, the Vidiots Video Source podcast, and I believe you were listening to the show. And you started tweeting at me. I must have said something about how I liked the movie Finding Neverland. And your response yes. to me was like, I love Finding Neverland. <laughs> and I kind of, just by following Clay on Twitter, I had kind of gathered a sister. I'm sure I had like oddly stalked your mm-hmm. Twitter page and been like, maybe someday we'll follow each other and it'll be cute and we'll mm-hmm. like interact. Because you seem like a person I would like. So, but that was like the, all right, cool. Like, I remember that moment. I really? was like cooking, which is appropriate for your personality. Sure. I was like cooking, <laughs> listening to that podcast episode and I like I remember saying out loud to myself like oh my god I loved that like yeah. <laughs> it was just like a movie that I was not expecting to hear talked about in whatever context was mm-hmm. being discussed yeah and I just remember being like oh wait great so at that point like you followed me on Twitter I followed you on Twitter lo and behold a year later we have a, a nice a, a, be- a beautiful friendship that's yeah. extended to uh, other friends and people and we've entered each other's circles and it's lovely. No, I love it. And yeah, so you and you're a production designer here yeah. in LA, correct? Yes. Yeah, you're you're not not a recent. You so you went to school. You both went to Chapman University. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you went to school, moved back home to Minnesota, and now you're back here in LA. Yeah. And it's somewhat recent. Yeah. Not yeah. Trump, no, I did, L- and I did LA for a couple of years after. right after school okay. before moving sure. to Minnesota and then moving back. I've just gone sure. back and forth. So you're you're and you're a freelance production designer. Yeah. Yes. Great. Those are my bonafide. I you were previously familiar with the rapping. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You, you just you've recently dove into the statistics video. Yeah, I okay. saw that very recently. Yeah. Um, How'd you but start on my own? Yeah. Did you just like? Were you thinking like I'm preparing for this podcast? Yes, I've watched the movie. Dana's told me many times to watch Call Me by Your Name. I've yet to make the time, but I I I, I can't commit to a a breezy two hour <laughs> Italian sex drenched yeah, lovely drama term. but I can certainly devote three minutes to watching Timothy Chalamet rap about statistics yeah no I'm in a I'm in a Facebook group uh, <laughs> where we there's just nice celebrity talk um, mm. and videos are uh, shared and circulated and you to, to pull the curtain back a, a, a tad when we were bopping around the happiest place on earth yesterday mm-hmm. you made mention of adding me to this group and I I'll just I'll, yeah. hold, I'll hold you to that just oh yeah so. remind me cool uh, so yeah, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Julia Hart's 2016... Is dramedy a, a, a good word? A that's, I guess if I had to pick one, I would say dramedy. I almost yeah. wanted to call it a road dramedy, but maybe that's just that they spend time in a car. I don't feel like the traveling yeah, it's is like integral. It's not a road trip, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a... I mean, yeah, there is a, there's a nice sequence on the road, and then the whole thing is it is there. It's one of those ones where you take characters and you put them outside of their normal situation together and yeah. then mm-hmm. automatically you're going to get dramatic tensions and, and things because they mm-hmm. are all of a sudden they have to have a much closer relationship because they were while tangentially related mm-hmm. back in their safe zone once they're surrounded they have to uh, you know glom together sure in this case in a nice like radisson right somewhere yeah. I do love. I do love that it's like you. You think if if someone was like, oh, it's a movie set in a hotel with a bunch of characters, you think like, oh, it's at the like a, a chateau on the coast of Italy, mm-hmm. and it's like a noises off where there's doors slamming and things. And it's like, no, it's a Radisson, and like the movie takes place in California. It's definitely yeah. California, and I, I was trying to. It's called Miss Stevens, by the way. I, I didn't jump that in, but it's 2016's Miss, Miss Stevens, Stevens, written by Julia Hart and Jordan Horowitz, and directed by Julia Hart. 
starring Lily Rabe. Lily Rabe is the is the titular the titular role, yes. as Beanie Feldstein would say. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that, and yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think I'm thinking of uh, that maybe it's not a it's not a road movie. It's not the journey they took in the car. It was the journey they took in their hearts. Yes, it was. A, it was a, it's a road movie of the heart, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, we're gonna cover our thoughts, feelings, critiques, and praise, or maybe lack thereof. If I I, I haven't gathered, I, I know Clay is is on the positive. I don't know where Brit's Brit been fall. very cagey. Yeah, yeah I, I watched this movie and I don't remember why. But right when it went on Netflix, which mm-hmm. was not long after it uh, yeah. had its uh, very limited theatrical run, I don't know why someone was tweeting about it, and they did so convincingly, and, yeah. I, and I watched it on Netflix, and then I talked about it on my old podcast, The yeah. Video Store Show. Um, so yeah, I love it. But Brit has been very cagey about whether or not she actually enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I don't mean to be cagey. I just was saving. No, no, in a good way. No, yeah. you're saving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saving the content. I'm saving the content. Yeah, and it's good. Um, people who are talking about films all the time. We're probably leaving so much good content just, just into the world. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Nobody hears it. But yeah, I know. I enjoyed it. I thought okay. it was very oh, good. Great. Cool. Yeah. So table stakes are we all like great? Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. This yeah. this is so much better than the last episode I did with was Interstellar, where just going in we just knew wow both of us didn't like this movie. It was just. Oh no! Yeah, it was and not. Then you just had to talk. But we still had fun. It. We was, still... yeah. was Timmy's hair good at least? No, no, no. Oh and, my god! And we'll talk. We'll talk about this a bit. But I referred. I referred to the fact that um, it, more so in Interstellar, less in Miss Stevens, but it's still uh, on the spectrum of what I'm about to say. In Interstellar, he has his what I call high school haircut. Where it's okay. like it's where men, predominantly straight men, but I'd say gay men too. I, I did it a bit. I'll be honest. I mean, my my high school haircut still was uh, pretty gay. But straight men tend to get their... They, they go to college and it takes them a minute to realize that they can do their hair differently than they did mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. Timmy in Interstellar has his high school haircut. Miss Stevens, he, it's in like a transition period between like what, what it could be and what it was. Mm-hmm. And then once we get to like the ladybirds and the beautiful boys, it's like the full like, oh, the power that right. that has. Right. Well, and once you get uh, enough notoriety and fame that, that people will hire a stylist for you. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, I want to say tangentially, I feel like... I read he doesn't have a stylist. I think those suits just. I think I can't wise. imagine. No, you're being, he has you are being fed a, a bill of goods. <laughs> All right. Okay. Listen. I think I read an article in my dreams and hopes <laughs> that mm-hmm. Timmy is. A, 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 a unicorn <laughs> who has, makes all of his own style and he writes his own scripts he directs his own movies wasn't Timmy great in Endgame? he was the, uni- <laughs> he was the unicorn that Valkyrie wrote in the unicorn. it was beautiful uh-huh. it was oh my god perfect. I can't wait to do that episode uh, but no uh, so we we're going to talk about Miss Stevens and uh, so basically the format of the show is we are going to talk about the film writ large our, th- our thoughts and feelings whether those involve Timmy whether they don't uh, is kind of beside the point we just mm-hmm. want to kind of lay the lay the table for how we felt about it then I want to dig into his role in the film like how is he cast well what purpose does his character serve is he serving the story is the service, story serving him along those lines is he cast well uh, and then we'll talk about performance. We'll talk about the specifics of his performance, what he does well, what he may not do so well. Obviously, having come to this movie, having seen what he's capable of, like, were we seeing shades of things to come? Is Was there something here that he maybe didn't do later that we were we enjoyed? Really just, you know, mm-hmm. digging in on him after we've kind of covered the scope of the film. Uh, and then on a scale from one to five peaches... Mm-hmm. Britt hasn't seen Call Me By Your Name, but I'm sure she knows the, the reference. To, I get it. No, I get there's peaches. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a there's peach. peach. There's a couple peaches in that in, in Call Me By Your Name, and you know what happens to the peach? Uh-huh. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. A lot of people... That, the movie made a, you know, an imprint. One of yeah, my... True. I'm not one to, to toot my own horn, but at the same time I am. 
One of the funniest things I think I've ever tweeted was an Avenge the Fallen Endgame poster uh-huh. overlay over a picture of the peach and call me by your name. Uh-huh. And I did that while relatively drunk on spring break watching the uh, Elizabeth Holmes documentary with my family. And I re- I mean, I'm not one to like shoot a tweet off and be like, mm, this one, this is the one. Because uh-huh. I, I think all viral tweets are probably the ones you put the least thought into. Yeah. Uh, but I really kind of had hopes for that one. And one retweet and four likes later, I was very disappointed, boy. But uh, Don't give up on that one. Should I should I throw a retweet on it? Yeah, and, throw a retweet yeah. on it. Today. I'm I'm planning to do that with my uh, once once the the Lion King starts rolling out here uh-huh. in July. I have a I have a tweet that's the it's the opening of the animated sequence, but the overlay instead of Circle of Life is the sax solo on Carly Rae Jepsen's Run Away with Me, and that's sure. my that's All my prepared. Yeah, so uh-huh. I'll I've retweeted that one, but maybe a second retweet is on the table. <laughs> anyway, so yes, uh, scale of one to five peaches. We're gonna grade the film in those different categories. Oh no, I haven't mentioned the categories. Uh, we're going to grade the film, the quality of the film, one to five peaches, Timmy's performance, his general attractiveness, and most importantly, the reason I started this podcast, the reason that my life is one giant thirst machine for Mr. THC, uh, his hair. It's a beautiful head of hair, and I think about it often. The internet has come to a point where I believe the stands are calling one of the curls on his head Charlotte. They've named. They, I think the, one of the curls has been but- named. So here we go, Dane, uh, you know, keep that Avenge the Fallen uh, overlay handy because when he next he gets a haircut. Oh, we're going to have to avenge Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the Thanos snap that hit, hit me the hardest. <laughs> Can you imagine if, like, Timothy didn't get totally ashed, but, like, just Charlotte, like, right. the shot of him, you know, like, we saw, like, full, like, Scarlet yeah. Witch, like, disintegrate, but just, it was just the one. Well, you... You, you know, Dane, it's inevitable that within the next four years, Timothy Chalamet will star in either Afghanistan or Iraq war movie. Oh, God. And he will shave his head. It's a given. Of course. Oh, of course yeah. It is going to happen. It's going to be a rough day. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're just getting to a point where some set photos have leaked from uh, his Wes Anderson movie where he's got really long, beautiful hair. And it's very exciting. So the the idea of it going away, I'm, I'm not. You don't think the shaved head? Well, I mean, yes, I get that hair is good, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like a shaved. All head right, can... as Dave likes to say, <laughs> table stakes. <laughs> hair, hair is good. Hair Look, is hair good. is good. Hair is good. We can yeah. all agree. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. but a shaved head also good. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, I for whatever reason I'm <laughs> also good. What hair is good, but also no hair is good. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm thinking of like Jake Gyllenhaal and Jarhead. Like he's got a shaved a shaved look in that movie. Yeah, or as we were talking about earlier, uh, Brad Pitt's shaved head was very good. And Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he's that's like hot. That's hottest Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Even hotter than like. That's what I'm saying. So like you don't know. We yeah, seen that's true. I I, re- I reserve no judgment. And and even if she goes away, Charlotte, the great thing about her is she grows back. Mm-hmm. That peach though never coming back. How big is his head? Is his face too small for like a Legends of the Fall type? Main, mm, that would be so. I haven't watched this movie yet, but he has a movie called The Adderall Diaries, where I believe he plays like a young version of James Franco. And I, I just, uh-huh. I assume with the title like The Adderall Diaries, there's going to be some sort of like drug. Yeah, that drug, sounds like a hoot. Drugness. Uh, yeah. It's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure he. I, the, from what I know about that movie, which is next to nothing, uh, he, I believe, he has like a long, like Steven Tyler esque wig. And it, hmm. yeah, so that, so through that, hmm. and that looked like a wig, so maybe it, if it was his own hair, per, perhaps, like but yeah, I don't know, huh. that'll be, we'll have to wait, and we'll have to wait and see. I mean, that's what's so great about his filmography, is we're so, 
it's we're so it's in its it, it's it's not even a teenager yet. Very we're we're twelve released yeah. movies in, so there's there's yeah. a lot of time. We're gonna mm-hmm. find out. Um, I wanted to talk about Miss Stevens because obviously Clay, you your claim to fame is that you knew knew of Timmy before before I. So you wanted this movie. It's true. And um, and I, I, I dabbled. I I briefly considered requesting Hot Summer Nights. Mm, you just because I was very curious sure. and because people said it was bad and I hadn't seen it. So I'd be like, oh, an excuse to watch Hot Summer Nights. Uh, it's, it's an A24 movie mm-hmm. and uh, Michael Monroe is really good in The Guest and, yeah. and in It Follows. And I was like, I'd be curious to see her. But uh, but no, I was, it had to be Miss Stevens. You're right. Yeah. And and I love I love having Brit on because as, as we were talking about earlier on your show, Clay, um, mm-hmm. we were talking about Amy Adams movies. It would be it'd be a missed opportunity not to have female energy didn't discussing a uh, a female actress or in, in this case a female led film. So mm-hmm. Britt, I'm really happy that you Yeah, actually good. with this film I am very glad that there is a female energy and opinion yeah. to talk about because it is a very like it and especially like very I'm very close to the demographic of the lead character. Yes. And so I feel like it's very important coming from that psyche and her experience and where she's at. Sure. It? Yeah, no, and, and that's actually a great jumping off point to talk about the film. So I, I saw this movie for the first time, I believe about a, a year ago, kind of when I was, my, when my, my Timmy Stammanship had kind of come to, to, to fruition because the double whammy of Lady Bird and Call Me By Your Name in the same year was was a, was a lot for me. Yeah. Um, how, how could a Stan resist? How could a Stan resist? I, I made a joke in the previous episode. If he had been cast in... Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk, which he should have been, because there's a lot of nameless, faceless kind of like white men that in that movie, not. right? And he has no. a relationship with Nolan, having done Interstellar. Mm-hmm. So if so, those are my top three films of 2017. Were in order: Dunkirk, Lady Bird. But Palmer, every, everyone in Dunkirk is a um, true Brit, right? Uh, are there any Americans in that? Not that I can think of, yeah. and none of them are are names other than Harry Styles. So Harry Styles, Barry Keegan. Had been mm. in a couple of things. Yes, he... I think it was kind of his year. Like, because he also was killing of a sacred deer and... Was that the same year? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he had been... He wasn't known. Yeah, yeah, but he was... He was And really the same with... T- like, really, like, it was Lady Bird. It was Call Me Learning. He was in Hostels, but yeah. like that... Whatever. The blonde fighter pilot who crashes in that movie, he's becoming a thing. Yes, yeah. No, it's... It, yeah. It's, 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 it's gonna be... We're gonna look back and see, like, some names from that. But yeah, it's, it's kind of wild he wasn't in it, just because it's... The, the look of every guy in that movie is pretty much Timmy's look. But... Right. But yeah, if it, if it had been a three for three, I don't know if I would have like lived. I think yeah. it would have just it would have pulled me over. <laughs> you you yeah. you wouldn't be making this podcast because you would be dead. Yeah, I would have like left a I would have like <laughs> left a note in Clay. My only connection to like the podcast would have been like, Clay. Please S- start a Timmy in, podcast in my honor. And you would have like the Dane McDonald Memorial <laughs> Timothy Chalamet podcast yeah. project. Yeah, and I think as as a, as much affection as you may have for me, I think you would have looked at that note and been like, man. <laughs> <laughs> How about you just like you know you could you could just uh, write a short and dedicate it to me instead or something? Yeah, the like that. the the only like uh, cosmic un- unfinished business esque uh, power that I truly think could uh, conjure a spirit that would haunt me would be if you asked me to do it anything in Timothy Chalamet's honor and I declined to. Yeah, I think I, you would. I, <laughs> you would haunt find me for a the way rest to come back. Of, yeah, <laughs> I, I, that that would be the only motivator for me to to haunt from the grave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, Brett, I like what you said about the the age demographic because I think in my first watch of this, I didn't pick up on the fact that she's twenty nine, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not uh, super close to twenty nine. I'm twenty six. You just turned twenty seven. But so that's you know we're you just turned twenty eight. So okay, I'm close. so you are okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
so yeah, that I, I didn't pick up on how close in age uh, we are to that mm-hmm. character. So that, that hit me in a, in a serious way and I think uh, deepened my connection to this film on this rewatch because I think the first time I was probably coming at it too firmly of, ooh, like I can begin filling out this Timmy-shaped hole in my, mm-hmm. my blind spot right. to his film. So on this second watch preparing for this for this episode, I really got to think about the film more from a, a bird's eye view and less... Kind of just kind of waiting anxiously for Timothy to come time, yeah. yeah, so um, I really enjoy this film. I love just like small character studies, and it, it is a character study. We were we were mentioning earlier uh, on your show play that we were talking about the film Sunshine Cleaning as being so Sundancy, mm-hmm. and this movie doesn't seem Sundancy. I don't no, know if you guys would disagree. No, it, it 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 it's it's of the scope of of a Sundancy thing, but it doesn't it. It finds a lot of nice sort of like out of the way moments that it embraces that feel less. Sometimes the real, you know, what we call layout, we describe something as Sundancey, feels almost like market tested or producer noted to death, like a studio film will be, but just with the specific goal mm-hmm. of trying to hit all of those quirky Sundance buttons to be a festival hit. And uh, I think this one doesn't feel. C- concerned with that mm-hmm. uh and i think that's one reason why it feels a little bit shaggy in parts but also why i think it feels unique and memorable as well well and it, that's kind of after the fact i mean i had a lot of feelings while i was watching it but like after the fact it didn't it just felt more like our characters were more realistic it was like a more realistic story than something that might have been more festivaly that didn't yeah. like it didn't yeah again it wasn't like too quirky it wasn't like the characters all felt real because they weren't like oh we have to have this specific moment for the festival screenshot whatever Mm -hmm. like it was just like this is an indie movie telling a story about these people and we yeah we're not trying to achieve something other than the story nobody none of the kids have dialogue that is really like hilarious and quirky and like they all uh, all of the characters feel very distinct and and unique from one another mm-hmm. and they all feel extremely authentic which I think is why Brit, like you texted me the only thing you texted me when you were watching the movie was this is making me very uncomfortable <laughs> and it's because these characters feel feel real this feels like a yeah. thing that could have happened this way it is not embellished it doesn't go over the top there's no big really trailer moments mm-hmm. Maybe there's like just the maybe when he's just when they're jumping on the bed is the closest it gets to being yeah. to being like a quirky, quirky adorable like quirky yeah. adorable indie yeah. movie. Uh, but there's such yeah. sadness in that there's scene, such sadness, that, yeah, and such fear, such fear. It's like oh no, oh no, oh no. Yeah, that's true. As as someone who is like you said, Britt, you're you you not you, you didn't say you relate to, but you are mm-hmm. the same age, same general you know interest in theater, right. and you could probably in a different life see yourself as a teacher. Oh, absolutely, kind of thing. Well, and. and you know, like, as we mentioned, I was living back in the Midwest for a little bit. Right. And it's like, so I felt a little bit of that, of like kind of being somebody who has this like artistic connection, but is in a place where there isn't very many places for that to go. And right. so it's like, there is some alternate reality where I am hanging out with Bunch drama high schoolers mm-hmm. and like, I'm trying to connect with them over that. And, yeah. But also I have like all my own life and all this stuff. So it's like, I... I definitely connected to pieces yeah. of that. And I mean, I love I love a flawed female lead if it's mm-hmm. done right. And if it's done wrong, it's my least favorite thing in the entire yeah. world. Yeah. High risk, high reward. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I'm not a fan of girls, but, like, I, Drinking Buddies is my 
one of my favorite movies because mm-hmm. I think that is like the perfectly flawed female lead. Yeah. Um, so I definitely and L- L- Lily Rabe is very her. interesting in this movie. Oh, she's very yeah. interesting. But again, it was just it didn't do any of the things and become a movie that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. It could have very easily become a movie that I walked away from really not liking. Mm-hmm. But because it didn't nothing actually ever happens between the characters technically like mm-hmm. I was able to like it. And you're you're referring of course to the fact that there is a a, a, a I don't want to say a strong bit, but there is an undercurrent of sexual tension between Lily Rabe's character and Timothy Chalamet's character. Yes, and like I don't know if I would say I don't know. And like, who knows if it's, I don't know, it's maybe it's, sexual tension. It's, it's, ve- it's very, do, do we want to, romantic tension do we want to about. like set up from the beginning and build to that? Or yeah. Do we well, jump into I, I was, I was kind of going to give, and I, I'm assuming anyone listening to this has hopefully seen the movie because it's a fantastic movie. And if you haven't, please pause this podcast and watch it and then come back. It's on Netflix and Canopy both. Yeah. It's, it's very, and I think it's like one of those, it's been on Netflix. It's like, been on Netflix. Like it's, for, it, yeah. You don't have to like, it's not like yeah, a big movie. Letting to work. It yeah. yeah. It's in, and they're just like letting it collect its, investment back or what what have you yeah yeah so it's basically it's this movie about lily rabe's character and she is a high school i believe she's an english teacher she's, she she's has an that english teacher. english teacher who probably like runs the drama department but they don't or, show that which they is, don't have like, a drama department yeah they don't have a drama right you're right no money for and, and they because yeah. uh, i believe lily reinhardt's character has like the line right. of like that you were like the only one willing to like take us yeah. and, and, and it makes tangential sense that, like the english it's not like you're hearing about the biology teacher taking the kids right. to the drama competition um so yeah she takes uh three of her students to a it's is it's a drama competition but it's like a, it's one of those like monologue it's a monologue competition it's not yeah. debate because debate is or no speech team like speech team is where you do like famous speeches right I guess so I never did I speech know. team but I, I both either. did we had a, a fortunately a a fairly robust theater program at our high school that yeah. put on real like mm-hmm. plays like with large casts some, and yeah. Yeah. yeah and this is uh, something I never experienced in high school but yeah like a regional schools from yeah, where right. the 100 mile area do a monologue right. and do a monologue you take your There's best a bracket and, yeah. yeah you take the three kids from your depart- from your drama department who have like actual maybe not a, a chance at a fame but at least mm-hmm. th- are doing the best and are that- interested in going yeah and i think uh it's that's interesting too for the three of us cuz i i know we all had that experience and you know we're all we're all creative people we all mm-hmm. did drama in high school so mm-hmm. we i think it's easy to watch this movie and though i never had the kind of relationship i actually for me personally when i look at um and i i'm blanking on his name but the the young man who's not Timothy Chalamet in the movie. And I know him as his YouTube personality, Lohanthony, which I was explaining to you yesterday, Brett. Yeah, oh, he's, a, he's a, a YouTuber? He was, like, in his youth. Like, he was kind of known for being, like, young and flamboyant and obviously very, by, with the with the name, like, Lohanthony, he was, I think his name is... His name was Anthony uh, Quintal. Yes, and so with Anthony, Lohanthony, Lindsay mm-hmm. Lohan, which hits pretty close to me as a, a young man who, a young gay man who mm-hmm. idolized Lindsay Lohan. I really saw a lot of myself in that character, just in his relationship with his drama teacher. Because I, I also had a, a female choir teacher slash uh, drama teacher who I had a beautiful connection with. And even to this day, I consider to be a, a friend. So I, I think that, too, speaks to the how, how this sits t- close to home with, I think, anyone who just has that mm-hmm. creative background. Even though now, you know, kids today can, like, whip out their iPhones and, like, make a short, like... For me, like I didn't, I didn't have the the, the means, the wherewithal to to do film when I was young, but I could audition for the school play. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think that anyone who has that sort of yeah, well, and I I connected to Lily Reinhardt's character so much, kind of when she finally had her moment. I didn't for the first like two acts. Yeah, but, um, you kind of wonder if she's gonna get it. 
through the movie. Like, you, because yeah. she doesn't really get that moment until... Right, yeah. She, you don't know if she's gonna let... Yeah, it was mm. nice that they gave her a moment and gave that character some depth and some understanding rather than just being like, oh, she's the, the organized the know-it-all. A, yeah. yeah, and I was... I, so I'm so glad. Again, it was a movie that I could have not liked had they made some certain choices, mm-hmm. but they gave her that, and I loved that. And that might be my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. Is in the bathroom between mm-hmm. um, that's... her and Miss Stevens, and that's... Yeah, I just, I love that scene so much, and we actually were talking about this the other day of, like, my experience in high school theaters, I wasn't, I never was the lead, Mm -hmm. but I cared so much. When Lily Reinhardt is talking about, like, that she knows, she she knew she wasn't going to be good, but she still wanted to do it, that I was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't realize, I wasn't expecting to, like, have a moment that I connected so much with that character. But, like, that was 100% my experience with high school theaters. That, like, I knew I wasn't good. Yeah. But, like, I loved doing it and I cared and I organized so much stuff. And it was, like, about letting it be also an experience for the other people. And so I just loved, it was a great, it's great, it's interesting for being a movie that doesn't show high school theater at all like right. we don't see a rehearsal we don't see them on the stage we don't see yeah, them no. in the hall like it's just but it, we do it, see at some point high school theater so much Ch- chalamet does death of a salesman right. to, to say he does death of a salesman is to undersell the intensity of that <laughs> like he does he does <laughs> does it <laughs> I like okay. Before before we dive into that, I, I had a, a thing that I kind of thought of. I really I love your connection with Lily Reinhardt's character. I obviously connected with Anthony. It's I think it's probably Kintal. It's Kintal. Q U I N T A L. Anthony, like I think of uh, the scene where the guy finally comes and asks him out mm-hmm. at the end of the and like uh-huh. and that's his moment of that. Like it's it's oh, not absolutely. it's not necess- like for, again, I think about the fact that like sure like I I think I did pretty well in high school productions and yeah. I like to think that I have some. Uh, semblance of talent but like I, for me it was a, a big part of participating in that and participating in show choir was coming into my sexuality and understanding that so to see him come to a competition where I know what it's like to be like the one gay kid in your high school and you don't really have you know a, mm-hmm. a pool of people from which you could potentially explore that with to to go to a drama competition and have that really spoke to me to, to see him get asked out and to that be the, the most important thing that could happen to him mm-hmm. outside of performing was really beautiful, yeah. and then I'm I'm gonna project here for a second, but Clay, I could see you relating with the Timothy character. That might just be because there's three people sitting at this table, so who can equal, yeah. equally relate to these three characters. Yeah, he's I, a gay man, a gay man, and a woman, and he's yeah. our, here's our kid. Yeah, I love <laughs> Lily Rabe's uh, reaction in that asking out scene as well, where she's just like standing there until mm-hmm. she realizes, like, oh, I'm not his mom. Yeah, I, I, I don't need to like oversee this yeah. interaction. Yeah. Like, I should just get in the car. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, I I wasn't a Timmy. Are we just gonna call him Timmy? Do we care about his character name? No, Timmy. Uh, I wasn't Billy. His name's Billy. Billy. Mm-hmm. There you go. I was not as raw as Billy mm-hmm. in high school, but I definitely was more the I was the 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 lead in the shows, and I was the mm-hmm. one who I, you know I, I I I felt very comfortable and like in the theater department was where I had some. Uh, power is a weird word, but like that's where I felt like my place was known yeah. to myself and to everybody around me. Like, oh, I was like one of the leads, and I could fuck around and not get in trouble because I was the lead and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And and yeah, no, watching this movie, I was like, man, if I had had an attractive twenty nine year old theater director instead of a man in his mid fifties, like <laughs> I probably would have developed a weird relationship with her. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. That's that's yeah. You'd have built something up internally of like what like and it's and it's and it's and it's it's what's so in, so smart about the way these characters are set up and so uh, the the kind of probing way that clearly the 
the the writers and the director kind of understand these people is when you have artistic children and artistic adults and they're collaborating on a thing, you get this weird mixing of the power dynamic where like, oh, you kind of stop being adult, teacher, and child student and it's yeah. collaborators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you connect on an artistic level mm-hmm. where it is a f- more, much more of a even playing field yeah. than a normal teacher-student relationship. Right. And, and yeah, now watching this movie, I was like, I often, I constantly had the thought like, different circumstances when I was 17. This like, could have been, I yeah. could have, I could have gotten it in my head like Billy does. And that, like, like seen where he was coming from. Absolutely. Then, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. And one of the things I also, I love about this movie is I think from, from the opening scene where it's her in the auditorium watching the play and she's kind of the last one there and, She's crying and and people are filing out. You get the sense that this movie might be about a woman who is mourning what she could have achieved had she pursued her dream of maybe acting or performing. And I think there are shades of that in this movie. Mm -hmm. But I love that it takes the non-cliché... And not to say that's cliche, I think that's an interesting topic to explore. It turns in a way that you don't expect where it really becomes about this woman mourning the loss of her mother... And less about her mourning what could have been for her personally. Yeah. And and that's not to say that it's not there. It's just, it's not... In any other movie where the, there's all these themes of theater and performance and drama, that would be her character arc crux. And really, it's about her dealing with the loss of her mom. And, and that really clicked into place with me where she's delivering the monologue on the, the hotel balcony, which... I, I, I can go on about Timothy uh, delivering Death of a Salesman, and then he gets that great monologue where he's in character with Billy in the, in the kitchen of the hotel, like, right after, mm-hmm. and I love the juxtaposition of those. But as uh, Mr. Perlman says in Call Me By Your Name, what a waste <laughs> if we weren't to mention Lily Rabe's monologue on the balcony where she, he asks, Billy asks her about her mom, which you can tell no one has done in a very, very long time, mm-hmm. and she starts describing her mom, but she's also describing herself and that didn't click with me until this watch where she's talking. She says, well, she drove a blue Volvo and that's mm-hmm. the car they... Like, I was just... Again, like I said, I, coming into this movie, being able to watch it, not for Timothy, I was able to watch Lily Rabe just fly in a way that I don't think I... I I've, I've seen her for seasons on American Horror Story and she's kind of popped up here and there in, in various things. But this is really a showcase for why she should kind of be like a megastar mm-hmm. in, in, in the vein of an Amy Adams or a, a, a Kate Blanchett. She's tremendous. Else. Yeah. And she's a Hollywood kid too. I forget. She's Jill Clay. Clay- Jill, Jill Clayburgh's yeah, daughter. daughter yeah. yeah. And uh, some man with the last name Reed. I couldn't, couldn't tell you who. That's but, yeah. so, so often with uh, actresses who are the daughters of like a famous actress. Mm-hmm. It's always like, the daughter of this incredible actress and some guy right. with a last name that confuses us. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I, even though I know her parents, it's almost the Laura Dern of like... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, she, she's she's kind of... In, she, we're, I, I think Lily Rabe and Laura Dern have like a lot. Yeah. They phys- Physically, they sort of... They don't look alike, but they have the same kind of like... Right. Uh, I can see wafy, them. blonde, mm-hmm. uh, interesting... Very believable as an right. English teacher in a nondescript town right at, at once both like overwhelmingly gorgeous but also could like sink into the back of a scene yeah. as an extra and you wouldn't pick them out necessarily yeah. if they weren't like tremendous tremendously critically acclaimed actresses mm-hmm. yes yeah, she and, and it's it's funny i this happened a lot in my first episode with friend jessica deal talking about Lady Bird. As as much as i could talk about how timothy looks sexy as fuck smoking cigarettes and reading douchey novels and playing guitar that is, it, he's just there to be a, a channel through which Lily Rabe's character gets mm-hmm. to express what she needs to, so. Yeah. Well, and her character arc is another example of, like, that it could have gone 
again, for lack of a better word, like the cliched path of like, oh, she is wanting to relive what she could have been. And the Mm -hmm. fact that it didn't go there and it was about something else is another thing where I was like, oh no, this, it didn't go in the way that, like the cringy way that I like didn't want it to go, which in every front, it didn't go to that spot that could have made it a movie that I didn't like. That's almost why I love the rewatch, because I knew that nothing happened between the two of them. So it, it was almost this like, I... I could breathe. I might enjoy a rewatch then a lot better because yeah, I was just yeah. stressed. Yeah, you you just were worried it was going to happen, and it, yeah. there is kind of a, a release when it doesn't. But on a rewatch, knowing that nothing happens and they just yeah. get to have this yeah, kind you're of, right. I don't get the feeling that she has any sort of romantic. Like I like no. I don't think anything that she does no. implies that she would no. act on anything. She's but, just extremely lonely. She's just right. and, somebody to ask her right. anything about her. Right, and I mean, Billy is is sort of like surprisingly wise in how he doesn't try to be. He's very simple. Right. Yeah. And he's, and as an actor, he's someone who's very intuitive with emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. And he can tell, like, you know, he has empathy. Yeah. yeah. And that's really all she was looking for was, was some empathy. It's so really beautiful in the moment to, and even more so watch, and especially to think about, because it's not how you would approach a movie if you were trying to get maximum drama. But as you were saying, Brent, like, you know, you, and, and you said this as well, then, you know, it's set up and the no, normal version of this movie would be Lily Rabe's character d- didn't make it. So she's going to try and get these kids to make it. But then she'll do something at the thing where she'll act out and she'll have to, I have to get the spotlight and she'll fuck it up for the kids. Mm-hmm. And it'll be yeah, cringy she'll fuck and it up, weird. And then and, Timothy would miss his his slot when he was supposed to perform and he wouldn't get to And then to she'll perform. have to go to apologize like, like and it would, be, yeah, yeah, and it would, and it would be, it would be terrible. And, or it would be, if it, if it is, you know, uh, about the mother, it would be that she resents the mother for blah, blah, blah. This is that she does not resent her mother for being an actor, for being, she deeply respected her mother for being an actor. And being good. And being good. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things she loved about her mother. And even though she's not an actor, she gives of her time to try and help people who want to achieve the dream mm-hmm. that her mom had that she respected yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't think I've, I, I, I cannot offhand think of another movie that is about that. That specific thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like there's so, there's so much in the script, which is, is just a, a beautiful uh, it, in a way, Clay, it reminds me of how you've talked so eloquently about summer hours. It's just this gentle, mm, yeah. unassuming slice of life. I, I think about uh, Lily Rabe's character talking about the production of Twelfth Night. Oh, hers about. when she was yeah, in high and school. she talks about how she had to play a lot of a lot of boys, which is, is a cute little right, in joke yeah. of there's not enough men in theater. And then of course, LOL, Billy is like the the one guy, and he's incredible. Mm-hmm. And anyway. When she talks about the fact that she played a male character and there was a female love interest and they always had them hug. And then the surprise of one night when the, the actress kissed her. And it's it's kind of funny in the context of the film because there's all these jokes about, oh, not jokes, but they people wonder, oh, is she a lesbian because she's single? And, right. But but really, it's, it's not about the fact that she felt an overwhelming need to kiss her co-star. It was, it was the authenticity of the moment that she was craving yeah, for. Yeah, that the characters... Yeah. Yeah, do and be, and that hit again. It, that hit personal for me because in high school, I was in a production of Rent where I played Angel. Wait, you didn't play the Anthony Rapp character? No, I look. I that's my look, but no. I, well, I was the only person brave enough to play Angel. Oh, okay. So, you know, I I played Angel, and the even though the actor who played Collins took the role with the understanding that he would have to kiss me, didn't. And not that I think about it all the time, and I'm not bitter to this day. Yeah, it, it, just the the how hard Her that high hit. school did rent. Uh, so it was a it was like a summer stock Indianapolis theater community okay, coming together, multiple high schools. My I came from a very religious high school that would have never done rent, uh-huh. but the Indianapolis community is rather liberal in a Indiana sense. Sure. So 
that was it was like a oh, interesting yeah, yeah that's more that's central that's Indianapolis yeah, yeah. I was uh, nothing felt less authentic to me than singing I'll cover you and ending with a, a, a great big hug mm-hmm. so to to hear that story <laughs> hit me in a, in a way that it, it, there's nothing more beautiful in film than when you you understand the context of what the character is going through and understand through the dialogue and performance what's happening, but then you also relate it to yourself. And, and whether that, that is a very specific mm-hmm. kind of bullseye into my life, but, you know, that kind of happens and you can relate on whatever level. So I, I, I just think that there's, there's nary a scene in this film where I think that someone can't find just a, a, a beautiful, quiet moment that feels so authentic and beautiful and lovely. And I think that yeah. that is... Pretty, pretty anchored around uh, Julia Hart and Jordan Horowitz's script in Lily Rape's performance. Mm-hmm. But this is... But, is this where we start talking about Rob Hubel? <laughs> yes. This, <laughs> what, if, what if I was... Rob Hubel's good in this movie. I like Rob <laughs> Hubel. I wasn't even going to go to Rob Hubel. We, yeah. <laughs> I think he's perfect casting for this role. I think Lily Reinhardt also is perfect casting. Lily Reinhardt is yeah. also great. And a genuine teenager when this was made. Yeah, yeah. So I just, she was yeah. genuinely... I have like never watched Riverdale, but the closest I have wanted to come to watching Riverdale is not just because there are hot men who go shirtless in that show. It's mm-hmm. because Lily Reinhardt is a goddamn talent. Oh my yeah. god, she's so good. I Again, going back just to the bathroom scene where there where she and her teacher are sitting in different stalls having a conversation and then they have this like gorgeous honest moment and then lily reinhardt comes out and goes like are you sitting on the toilet seat <laughs> or like are your jeans touching the toilet yeah. <laughs> and it's like and then just walks like it's so perfectly teenager mm. of like having so much going on and so many emotions and just like wanting to figure out how to talk to an adult about it, but also just like needing to protect yourself. Uh And Lily Reinhardt does that with like the type A persona that she puts on, but she also cares about stuff, but she like clearly Mm -hmm. cares about her fellow fellow students Mm -hmm. and like wants them to like her so bad. And And wants them to succeed. Like how, how much her and, and uh, Sam, Anthony can tell, Support Billy. Oh yeah! It's oh not my a god! It's so them. They darling. just like want mm-hmm. the best for each other. Yeah. There, there's no competition whatsoever between them. It's such a refreshing it's, thing yeah. to see. Or, or it's just the seeds of the Lily Reiner character growing up to be a producer. Right. She wants to oh, pr- totally. produce and yeah. be the star maker. Which that's yeah. that's a beautiful arc of. And I mean, I think again, it's something that all of us could speak to. We, we all were maybe on stage, but it took doing that for me to understand like, well, God, maybe it's, maybe what I enjoy about this is the writing or, you know, maybe yeah. I'm sure you felt that clay and Brett, you as well, just with going into production. And just, I think it's, it's, it's this beautiful, this beautiful kind of maze of people kind of starting together from square one and then ending up in different places. But it was all just from the shared love of performance and theater. And it, when it comes down to it, I would say expression. Mm-hmm. I also love that that bathroom scene ends with, a very human moment, I believe, of Lily Rave just saying, by the way, I'm, I'm, I don't think she says this, but it's essentially, by the way, I'm not a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And Lily Reinhardt's just like, oh, I told you. Like, it, yeah. It's, yeah. This, it's this great, like, it's it gives Lily Rave this, like, moment of humanity where, like, you know she shouldn't bring that up. Like, right. like again, I, how do I, how do I talk about this eloquently? I've, I've, I've watched movies and TV shows with uh, people, with teacher, friend, teacher friends who will critique how teachers act and in movies on television shows, and I, I get so irritated because I'm like, well, of course that's not. I think about the season in Girls where Lena Dunham played a substitute teacher, and I'm like, yeah, there's no fucking way Hannah's gonna be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, right. it, yeah. So I I it kind of irks me when they kind of critique. Uh, they don't let the humanity. Th- there's a there's a beautiful way in which this movie lets 
Lily Ray be a teacher, but also struggle with that role mm-hmm. and struggle with how she manages to do that while also being a, a person. Yeah. yeah, well, and I think by the setting of taking it away from a school and placing it, again, breaking the construct with it, these characters normally interact, mm-hmm. like, is kind of what allows for that. It's like, okay, how do we get to have these touching moments between students and their teachers? It's like, you have to break this social construct of being in that building mm-hmm and put them somewhere else so that it's believable that we can have these moments and have it be, like, a special thing. Because there's no other situation in which a teacher character would be closer to a common ground with her students. Well, yeah, and and, and it just, it elucidates how, really and truly, when you have young high school teachers, you're not that much older than your students. Oh, for sure. And not that much more emotionally or or intellectually developed in your students right uh which is yeah when when i first got to the age where where you know people i went to high school with were becoming like high school teachers which was four or five years ago it blew my mind right and sort of think about like oh the teacher that i had who i was like oh they're definitely an adult Mm -hmm. was probably how the same age i am now right and it that's just that it never is not mind-blowing to me it's crazy to think of that and like being this age now and i mean it's different i'm calling back to a teacher from when I was in sixth grade. So I wasn't anywhere near their age at the time, but looking back, he was 24 Mm -hmm. and being like, Oh my God, like that's so many years younger than I am now. And they were like a teacher. Right. And it's just like thinking of how like teachers are adults, but like they're not, you know, they're like still, they can be any age and going through any sort of thing. Yeah. Just like, I had plenty of friends who like graduated out of college, you know, 20, 21, 22, went right into teaching jobs. And that's just mind boggling. Do they let 21 year olds teach like high school though? Or is it like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know someone who 20, uh, turning 22 then in the fall, but became a teacher like right out of school. So you could be hypothetically, if you went back to the high school you went to, you could be teaching as a senior class, kids that you had attended high school with? Um, no, I think it'd be one year, oh, be one one year, year off. Yeah. yeah. So like a really dumb kid who got home. Sure, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's not, there, there aren't loopholes through which that could occur. That's wild. That's wild yeah. to me. As much as I love, the bathroom scene is incredible and there's all these like little scenes that are really lovely and interesting. Like that, that centerpiece sequence of... Timothy Chalamet showing up at Lily Rabe's room and he, well, she says, no, you, you can't come in. And he goes, he's off his meds and he's like, ooh, I'm going to go knock on doors. And he starts doing his like theatrical, oh, yeah. the like, little hallway he's dance. like, he's doing a little hallway dance where it's like jumping off the walls. And then he weasels his way into her room and starts jumping on the bed. That segues out onto the, the balcony scene you referenced. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. really a, a show-stopping two-hander scene that gets diffused, but then immediately the other students show up and mm-hmm. that's, the one moment, Dane, that you're talking about, the sort of like noises off, doors opening and yeah, closing, and Lily yeah. Rabe is like, I just need to, to diffuse this. Yeah. And the kids keep showing up and they all need me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like that whole 15, 20 minute stretch is really a tour de force bit. Yeah. That yeah, is like quite impressive. It starts, I don't want to brush past how it starts off, but after he first knocks on her door, we get a good, what, 15, 20 seconds of her cleaning up her room. And her just right. walking around and, like, finding, like, underwear on the bedside stand. And of just, like, this really raw private... And if you think of... Like, she, like, had sex with that other teacher. She's been drinking this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not being the best version of herself as a teacher. Right. But she has her private room where that gets right. to happen. Mm-hmm. And then that space is about to get invaded. And just that, like, 
her like doing the few rounds of her room like hiding things and stuff is like i think such a great way to like just having kids start that sequence in that room like she doesn't know what's it breaks an emotional barrier underwear needs to be right yeah she can't help the fact that she's a little drunk but she can help the fact that her underwear can be put away like (laughs) it's beautiful yeah and that it is like i think it helps cement that it is like about her again like this is her movie yeah yeah um and having that like private moment of being like okay now i have to like clean up myself mm-hmm. and put myself away yeah before i can be with these kids and that's a, a great place to jump into talking about uh we've we've touched on it obviously because how can you not but because he's fucking timothy chalamet and this is a fucking timothy chalamet podcast yeah but uh his role in the film and his casting clay you are probably the only person here who maybe came to this film before the Timmy that we know and love today, kind of with the with the freshest perspective you can you can recall from late twenty sixteen. I'll I'll say how 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 do you feel like he is cast in this movie? I mean, it's it's yeah. I came to this movie not even knowing who Lily Rabe was, mm. uh, and certainly not Lily Reinhardt. Was Riverdale like her first big thing? Yeah, which has been on for a handful of years. I was believe it, Riverdale started on? like the. Winter, like I believe this movie came out like summer 2016. I believe Riverdale began like, it was like her next winter 2017. So like, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So I, I, I think I came to this movie maybe because people, friends of Rob Hubel on Twitter, and had, like were tweeting about it. Interesting. Like Paul Shear was like, check out Rob Hubel yeah. in this really like so the least important character. I was like, circle. <laughs> right. I was like, I was like, oh, interesting. Rob Hubel in a tender dramedy that's on right. Netflix. Interesting. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um. And uh. And yeah, I mean, everyone in this movie was a revelation, and 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 just really like a perfect casting. But Chalamet, is it's one of those ones you watch, you're like, oh, he's gonna be famous. Yeah, he's gonna win Oscars. I'm gonna see him forever. This is, you know, this is his uh, The Outsiders, or this is, you know, his. Uh, uh, like Nick Cage in, uh, mm. he was in The Outsiders. Uh, <laughs> his, it's his Tom Cruise in Taps, or it's his like they cast this uh, really, really wise beyond his years in an in an artistic way, you know, kid to pl- play this very, you know, it's a it's a juicy part, yeah, but it's a supporting part, and it's the kind of thing that, yeah, I I I, I could tell immediately. I didn't re- I didn't memorize his name because mm-hmm. it's weird. <laughs> Uh, and now, of course, we all, as Americans yeah. and uh, citizens of the world, are required to yeah. to know his name. But yeah, no, I, I I was blown away. It was a Dan. I know you love Super Eight. It was it was it was an experience akin to watching that uh, scene in Super Eight where Elle Fanning does the monologue at the train station. Like it's one of those like, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, Shit. She, yeah. She can... All right, yeah. This this kid is is incredible, and I'm I'm sure that at the time when I talked about it on on my old podcast that I highlighted. Uh, the performance of the I probably forgot his name but I was like the T kid the like kid who plays the, the young actor who has a crush yeah. on the, like he is just fantastic Play, he's it's, fantastic and then and then especially fuck when he does Death of a Salesman Jesus and Christ. it just sells the whole I mean the movie you were sold on the movie anyway you didn't right. need to see him act mm-hmm. to believe that he's a good actor they didn't need to sweeten the deal with that yeah. scene but right. like, another example of something that could have that I like it starts and I'm like I'm gonna hate this and then by the end of it I'm like oh no he, it, he was just good How how many times have yeah. we had to watch mediocre teenage actors fuck up monologues performed by characters who are and and so correct me if I'm wrong I'm not overly familiar with death of, death of a salesman but I want to say that the the monologue he delivers that's one of his sons that's one of Willie Loman's sons right it's yeah probably and this is just because I'm equating all of the 
tall, dark, handsome, straight men that I love in Hollywood. That's the role like Andrew Garfield played in the Death of a Salesman revival with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, just coming full circle or that, that with myself. Or that John Malkovich was it? John Malkovich played it when Dustin Hoffman played Willie Loman. Dustin Hoffman and John Malkovich seem like the same age. Dustin Hoffman is a lot older than he seems. Oh, okay. Dustin Hoffman is like 80. And John Malkovich seems uh, very old. <laughs> there's, a, there's a very famous Death of a Salesman from the 80s. Okay, yeah. That was, uh, I don't I was maybe Broadway or it was maybe off-Broadway. I think it was like a film. But it was filmed TV. for, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. TV movie. Uh, Dust Off and John Malkovich. Wow, yeah. that's, I would have never guessed. John Malkovich plays his son. Yeah, look at the, uh, they did age up Hoffman. Wow. Okay, and I've seen, yeah. seeing the photo, it makes sense. And I, I, I said it earlier, but I, the, not only, the monologue works spectacularly on its own, and it's beautiful, and at one point, like, he spits, and it, mm-hmm. I just, like, I, I paused and just took a breath yeah. and then kept watching. But then to, to juxtapose it with, then he, when he, he pulls Lily Rabe into, well, it's, it's, it's great, they pull... She he pulls her into the room where they are judging the competition, yes. and then later when he only gets second, I kind of wonder oh, did they like bump him down <laughs> because they because like they, another guy wins and I'm sure he's great, but I'm yeah. like oh it couldn't have been better than that. But he yeah the guy, the guy who wins is is so funny. He's like wearing a like a a, a shirt with a collar and a tie and like a sweater. Yeah. And you're like yeah. who's this nerd like next right. to, next to Chalamet who's got he's his got like his jacket. hooded sweatshirt and he's yeah. got his hands yeah. in his pockets and like slumped slumped over yeah. like a real like actor. Yeah. Uh, uh, my friend Steven Kropa, who was on the Interstellar episode, talked about uh, Timmy's wardrobe in Interstellar as being like, like off the rack Old Navy, and I think that kind of extends into this movie. Like oh, Timothy's yeah. look is pretty off the rack Old Navy, but yeah. So, and she, so he pulls him into the room, and then they realize they can't be in there, and then he pulls her into the, like the the hotel kitchen, which I feel like I feel like you can't like throw a, a I don't know why matchstick came to mind. You can't throw a matchstick in a room full of candles without hitting a movie <laughs> that has a scene. Yeah. yeah, I feel like yeah. every movie has, like, a scene where, like, Veep, they recently had a scene, like, they were, like, because I, I feel like famous people have to, like, enter the, the yeah. kitchen yeah. thing, yeah. so there's always people interacting in kitchens and movies. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But they're interacting in the kitchen, and he does, he, he th- then Timothy, as Billy, performs this monologue about being off his meds and how he has these feelings, and she's mm-hmm. compelled to... To contact the principal and like the dual hander of watching him play a character who is both talented and then watching him be talented as the character like just I kind of just bowls me over like how well he and and it's like like I've mentioned in in Lady Bird he he is there to serve Lily Rabe's story but the narrative gives him ample ample room even as a supporting actor to just like flesh out this entire inner Mm -hmm. inner life of this young man who's I think you think of the trope of going off their meds and they go, for lack of a better term, crazy. And, like, mm-hmm. there's big dramatic. I think of, like, Jennifer Lawrence, like, swiping the table in Silver Linings Playbook and, like, breaking all the dishes. Right. And, like, you get these, like, physical things. And he does that. Like, in the, in the in the hallway, he dances, he jumps on the bed. But in when he performs that monologue, he's just talking. Like, there's no, he doesn't smash a plate. He doesn't, mm-hmm. like, knock over that, like, wire rack that's there. He just, he just kind of yell confides in her and it's not yeah. a, it's it's aggressive but it's not you don't like worry you're not like yeah. oh my god is he gonna like hit her is he gonna like yeah and force it's, himself so, on it's her. so interesting to juxtapose directly against doing doing the monologue from death of the salesman which he does with you know an appropriate amount of theatricality mm-hmm. yeah because it's a stage thing he's playing a character that's much you know older than he really is and it's and it's and he, he does it does it really beautifully and then to see the way he performs which is more his normal style 
in that scene, yes. it is so raw and it feels very unrehearsed and it's very, he feels very in the moment and like he's kind of, he's like keeping just up with his own thoughts yeah. in a way that is, that is really, really hard to do. And to show him being, doing both styles really well yeah. next to each other shows a real, a real breadth of talent. So this might be like the one, a thing in the movie that doesn't really work perfectly for me. Not enough at all to detract from it, but the through line of him and like being off of his meds Mm -hmm. and whatnot I think felt kind of weirdly inconsistent to me or not needed or as I don't know it felt like a thing that because like they talk about in the scene at the start where she's talking to the principal and he like warns her that there might be behavioral stuff or whatever I honestly didn't None of that came around. Like, I didn't see any of his behavioral stuff as stuff that actually felt like something that warranted warning. Like, yeah, he, right. he felt like a quite stable teenager Teen boy, yeah. to me. He but didn't feel maybe... like somebody who was off meds mm-hmm. that he needed to be on because right. he had dangerous behavior. He felt pretty fine Is to that me. maybe more about her character than about his character? That like if it if it was a seasoned adult teacher who had their own kids and was fifty would have been able to deal with that situation, but she she was like oh like I it was it was put in there designed to put in there to give her this like more dramatic beat to hit towards mm-hmm. the end of the movie right it, that yeah that that feels more transparent like you're saying but that feels because it, it feels like a device more than. Right. Yeah. yeah, it felt like yeah, it felt like they put it in there to give her something. It didn't feel like yeah. it was his character. Like, like it, may, I, it may have been slightly more interesting. Like it, I, I think maybe it would have pushed a a great movie into shall I say excellence if maybe it, they had just let the character be a teenage boy. Yeah, like who, I feel like having him say the line of him being like, "Ooh, like yeah." All of the the entire story can happen as is if you lift out the line of him saying, "I'm off my meds." Yeah, and the principal saying he's a person who takes meds take those two lines out of there leave Mm -hmm. everything else 100% the same yeah it's fine or lean in she can still text the principal and be like hey we might need to talk about something yeah she as a teacher or at least my understanding like if she was a teacher that age and a student started expressing that they were romantically interested or something that would be a thing that you'd be like uh hey boss I just want to throw this out there this happened I'm dealing with it like they don't need to be like meds. Yeah. They don't need to be like, mm-hmm. he's a meds kid who's off his meds. Yeah. I, and that either take it out or perhaps, uh, and not to like backseat quarterback, but perhaps backseat quarterback. Is that yeah. a well, backseat driver? And then, you know, Monday me. morning quarterback, you know, you know me, yeah. sports yeah. metaphors. I get nervous. Sports. Yeah. Of okay, course. Sports are hard. Actually, I'm spoiler. I'm more athletic than I let on. Anyway, same. Yeah. Those theater kids were mm-hmm. surprisingly more athletic than we let on. Yeah. Or, or lean into the idea that maybe uh, the youth are more medicated than they need to be and we need to let kids just... Exp- I, I think that there's kind of a, a trend where we talk about uh, the parents dealing with behavioral issues by medicating kids and everyone has ADD and everyone has ADHD nowadays and maybe that's a, a slightly uh, a dusty idea to explore now uh, that we're living in uh, the hellscape of Trump's America. But that's kind of a, a more fertile ground perhaps than just the, the throwaway of, oh, he's off his meds. Ooh. Right. Uh, normally we move into talking about his performance, but I feel like we've kind of covered intermittingly. Yeah. I, I mean, his true. performance. It's great. I, yeah, I don't. was fantastic. Yeah, I don't like, really have like the, more But this was the second thing you had only seen him in Lady Bird previous? I had only seen him in Lady Bird. I knew 
I mean, you know, I've you came into this with a lot of external. Yeah. I mean, you follow me on information, Twitter, so you know that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's been I've been around the last two years. Like, <laughs> I know, you know, that he is skyrocketed. But yeah, I hadn't seen him in anything, and then I saw him in Lady Bird, and I honestly, like, I got where he was. I got where it was all coming from, but I, he was just like a, his character was just like such a dick in Lady Bird yeah. that I had no empathy. I had nothing for. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't give him any time of day, and so I was just like, eh, whatever. So I'm not interested in this character that right. I was just like okay whatever and so yeah this was like my first opening up Timothy Chalamet for me I really enjoyed receiving a uh without context uh text message from you that just said I'm sorry and I <laughs> I, I I spent about five to six minutes wondering if you had another Dane in your life and I texted the wrong one which has, ha- has happened sure, to yeah. me We're, right or like Brit accidentally burned down Disneyland or something sure yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God. Well, like, how far could this go? <laughs> we normally don't take breaks in this show, but I might need to take one right now just to sit with what I heard with the idea of Disneyland burning down. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Wipe it from your brain. Yeah, it didn't anyway. happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. The earthquake's not coming. Yeah, and, and I didn't know what happened, so I responded and said, what are you, what are you saying? And you go, oh, Clay hasn't said anything. Never mind. And then I check, like, Instagram, and I have, like, a screenshot from Clay that's your... Text th- interaction of Lady Bird and you, I believe the words were like, I don't get Timothy, don't tell Dane. <laughs> oh, this was months ago. Yeah, this, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. this is when you first watched Lady This yeah. was a couple months ago. Uh, before maybe we even, I even knew I was, I was coming out right. to LA to see you guys. Um, but it was mostly just funny because you had that screenshot and then recently... I can't remember what it was, but Britt, you made some joke about like some screenshot that uh, Clay had sent you of our conversation. I was like, oh, so this is the thing Clay does. He just rats people out and... <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, it, it was just, it was, I, I love that, like, you know me enough to know that <laughs> to, to have critiques of Timothy, you you had to preemptively really mm-hmm. apologize. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got to watch this movie and I, and, and much as you, much as as you are excited for me to experience uh, Newsies, which I've never experienced, I am excited for you to dig into Call Me By Your Name specifically. Yeah. And then um, he has a, he, we haven't talked about them yet on the show, but he has a few movies that, while I don't enjoy, like I, I don't enjoy the movie as much, it's, it is great to watch in the context of being able to enjoy his performance. So mm-hmm. when, if and when you get to those, I, yeah. I, I'm eager. Oh, I thought of another one. Uh, it's like Edward Norton in Primal Fear. Mm, I haven't seen Primal Fear. If you want to see a really killer mind-blowing performance by a 22-year-old in their first movie. Primal Fear is wild. Okay. If this movie was made in 1993 and was a mid-budget studio movie, Timothy Chalamet would have been nominated. For yeah, sure. 100%. Yeah. And it was interesting. We were talking earlier uh, about Amy Adams and June Bug and how she's kind of the reason people know that movie and she was nominated. It was kind of that came up recently this year where Timothy didn't get nominated for Beautiful Boy and people kind of talked about how it's very hard to have a performance get nominated, especially in the supporting categories when there's not more momentum behind the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting to think about that in the context of, oh yeah, it's kind of wild that like Amy Adams was kind of able to push through with this, mm-hmm. which maybe with a debut, it's kind of more, you, it sticks more in your mind of, we haven't seen this before. Whereas you're right. Like if this had come yeah. out earlier and maybe that, maybe if uh, it had been a uh, traditional release and not kind of limited and then uh, pushed to Netflix rather quickly, if it had more of a traditional structure, right. if it had a little bit sunshine, like if you true. will, maybe right. you would have yes. pushed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'm glad that everyone enjoyed it. I'm glad that mm-hmm. Brad, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he played a, a non Dick character Yeah. for you to now go and explore his other non Dick. Yeah, roles. definitely. Yeah, just, we didn't even talk about the soundtrack, which might be Brit's favorite oh, part. Oh, the soundtrack was amazing. I mean, I loved, and we haven't. T- I mean, the shot 
where they're sitting in the diner and it's like on their backs. Like I, I love a nice symmetrical wide, but not too wide where our characters are straight on. And there's some straight lines like with the counter and the chairs and Mm -hmm. sitting behind them from the diner and they're trading looks back and forth Mm -hmm. and like miss like that shot. I had to like stop and just like look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was beautiful. The use of America's, Sister Golden Hair is that's yeah, that's, now my, is that's now on my that's now on my my running my running. I love playlist. a movie that takes a pop song and replays it so many times that it de- becomes the de facto score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then you can just so when you ever you hear that song, it immediately evokes that movie. Yeah, I always love when movies do that. Clay, are you like me in the sense that you have developed entire ideas for uh, television show scripts or movie scripts around the idea of a pop song being the central? scene soundtrack in that scene because i have like three songs Um, that i've developed entire stories around no but i i do that with i daydream about that with specific songs and not whole stories but final moments that Mm -hmm. cut to black to the credits yeah there are songs where they have like the b progression and like you know there's like the first couple bars and then there'll be like a i'm like oh that would be a perfect place great to cut to black and then Mm -hmm. and then i kind of like fill in like what are the last couple of shots building up to as the song builds and then hard cut to black? Like I do that all the time. I have a couple of those, but it's at the front end of a movie. It's like what starts playing. The needle drop at the beginning. Yeah, Uh, it's black, the music starts, and then what beat do we see, does like Mm -hmm. the first shot start? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's easy to do, not only because that is intrinsically what music does, it begins and ends Mm -hmm. things, but I think that you can, yeah, like Sister Golden Hair, there's, Plenty of film. I think a lot of uh, Brad. I know we we we've we've made words about you not liking the TV show Girls, but I think in, in the third episode of the first season where uh, Marnie comes home and Hannah is dancing to Robin's dancing on my own, and the shot cuts right after Hannah hugs her from behind as it dips into the chorus is one of the most moving artistic moments of my life, and I think because of that, that mm-hmm. is where I kind of started. But yeah, great. I am so glad that we all. If you have such positive feelings uh, on this film, on mm-hmm. on that note, this has to be one of his most interesting performances thus far. Still, right? I, yeah, and I think we don't. People might not know about it because it's it's under the radar, and yeah. it, it was pre the the Lady Bird Call Me by Your Name double whammy. So I'm I, I, hoping I, I, people will go back. I'm, I'm curious, Dane. When I pulled it up the most recent time on Netflix, the thumbnail was a a shot with Lily Rabe and Timothy Chalamet. In yeah, it. And, but we know that they alter those depending on your 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 viewing. History. Mm-hmm. What was that? The same as yours? Yeah, I had the Timmy. You had Timmy yeah. in it. But what, do you remember what your thumbnail was? I don't think Timmy was. Timmy in was in it. your. I thumbnail. think it was like car and her. It was like I feel like the it shot was of it knew that you like road trips. It, and, knew, it knew that the car stuff was gonna work on. Yeah. Me. These wait a minute. These characters are I in think, a car. Oh my god! Is that desert behind them? <laughs> Another great moment of them getting in her car. <laughs> of like students entering a an intimate space with a teacher, like yeah. a car is such a personal thing, yeah. And like the students being in it, and then yeah. right, like it's like that line in Mean Girls where uh, Janice, as played by Lily Kaplan, they see Tina Fey in the in the mall, and she's like, "Oh, I love seeing a teacher out in public. I love seeing a dog walk on its hind legs." Like mm-hmm. getting into your teacher's car. I've I've, yeah. I've I've been in that situation, and it just it seems like teachers shouldn't have cars. It seems right. like yeah. teachers no. shouldn't have like ulterior no, exterior they live, lives. They live to, at the high school, right? They just exactly. Stay there forever. Only, yeah. Yeah. This is like when I went to college. And I, I, I daydreamed that my family just sat inside and turned to statues when I wasn't there. They, yeah. I couldn't fathom the idea of them yeah. living without me. When the students leave the school, the teachers just turn into statues and wait for morning. And they time. come back, and they yeah. don't have inner lives. And I think that Miss Stevens is great at shattering, shattering that illusion. So on that note, 
Time, time for peaches. How many peaches? One, one to five peaches. And and the, the precedent has been set that we can the, uh, negative peaches can be used. Uh, wow. The, Who are the peaches reclaimed from? Does Timothy have a does he give barrel of peaches? does he have a bushel of peaches that we either add to or subtract? Well, from? I well uh, I believe it was I believe it was on the Interstellar episode we we made light of um, the half peach was like. The uh, the half fucked peach from calling by your name, so it was. You, oh, I assumed you these can, were. I assumed all these peaches were the fucked peaches. Oh well, no. I, I so know, these are fresh peaches. These are fr- Mafalda, oh, Mafalda okay. has come in from the gardens in somewhere in northern Italy, okay. and the peaches are in. But but gotcha, if you gotcha, have something gotcha. negative to say, you can refer to the half fucked uh, jizz filled peach if if that is the feeling you have on the film. But I I, I, oh, okay. I sort of gather that's mm-hmm. not going to come to the table, but it's it's there if if mm-hmm. you need. So uh, the film itself, in general. You're on Letterbox. You're on Rotten Tomatoes, giving it your one to five stars. But in this case, one to five peaches review. Peach Clay. Oh, I think it's a solid four. Four peaches. Yeah. Four to five peaches. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say four. Okay, I'm also at four. So we're we're in agreement. Four Definitely. to five peaches. Uh, no half eaten. No half left. No, like very very good movie yeah. that I will and have recommended to yeah. lots of people. Mm-hmm. That is occupies its own space and is very interesting. Um, but you know, it's 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 not a masterwork. You know, no. we there we didn't. It, there's no point in us, and we didn't really talk yeah. about its shortcomings or where it, it doesn't like totally lock mm-hmm. in in some places. But that, it's, but it's not it's striving not here nor there. It's a yeah. It's it's a modest. It has a modest goals right. uh, in terms of production and stuff, but it, it meets everything and it, it, yeah. it it's absolutely worth your ninety minutes. Right, exactly. Yeah. There's I'm no. I'm really excited to rewatch it now that you brought that up. Now that I know that it's not, it doesn't go all the places that I worried it was going to go in any right. in any aspect of the story. Um, outside of even just their relationship, I can rewatch it and just like enjoy it. Sure. Yeah. Um, no. So that'll be great. Yeah. And you're not worried that Timothy and Lily are gonna, Lily, Lily Ray are gonna. Right, yeah, I'm not worried. I mean, and again, there was other, like, I, there, I was, you know, I could have seen it going a place where he misses his monologue or where Lily, right, like right. all of the yeah, different yeah, yeah. things mm-hmm. that, again, could The have, stuff you're waiting to happen because you've right. seen it before. Yeah, because yeah. I know how these stories go. Yeah. That I was the like, first... oh, it's just going to do this. Yeah, and, and, and I, I didn't do that. I'm projecting a bit. I'm, I'm sure Julia Hart and Jordan Horowitz are much more talented screeners than this, but you, 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 you imagine the first draft of this script and those things might be happening, and it's mm-hmm. nice yes, to know that they... A, a, a draft by a more conventional sure. yeah. pair of filmmakers. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, I the like Dan Fogelman, Miss Stevens. Oh, I can't. Well, first of all, it would have been Bob Dylan song. It would have been a Bob Dylan <laughs> yes. song. Um, America, America who? <laughs> but yeah, no, I really appreciate this movie. It doesn't have any like bullshit external conflicts that are just thrown on mm-hmm. just to just to spin characters around. Yeah, and it just it like nothing changed in the movie like when they leave school and then when they come back it's not like some event draw again i was gonna kind of balk a little bit at calling it any sort of a drama because nothing dramatic happened like Mm -hmm. their lives don't change you know they Mm -hmm. like go do this thing we see some honest human moments and then they come back and they're dropped off and everybody goes on with their lives like it's not like something it's a full circle movie there's no yeah yeah but yeah there's nothing that the tone changes their lives yeah i guess it's more of a tone thing the tone is a very there's, I mean, it opens with her crying. It's funny, but it's right. not a capital C. It's not a studio comedy, studio comedy no, 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 no. directed by jokes per se. So four to five across. Good four. movie. Good movie. Four. Great movie. Uh, Timmy's performance. One to five juicy peaches. Is five call me by your name, or is it just relative to our own? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I guess to, to, to show my hand a bit before we record the the call me by your name episode, that's definitely going to be a five out of five okay. for me. But yeah, I suppose that. Five being call me by your name level acting and one being movie I may not have seen yeah. yet, but honestly, I think it's a four and a half for, 
for for me. Yeah. If if it's a positive half, is that a fucked peach or is that just the negative peaches? It depends if you in for me a a, a, a peach fucked by Timmy is I, I take it to a whole peach, frankly. But uh, okay. So yeah. So yeah, the Wait, half peach what? here. <laughs> I am I am making joke light of the fact that if Timothy fucked so you a want half the peach, peach I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, no, that's I, why I was surprised when you said that the negative peaches were the fucked peaches because I was like that is counter to what I know about you. <laughs> yeah, we're, to, per, taking me personally out of it, nobody wants a half fucked peach. But <laughs> no, but yeah. so I, I think four and a half. Like I cannot imagine this part being played in a more interesting way than what he does. Yeah, I think it's f- like for this movie. I think it's one of his better perform. I think it's along with Colin Wear Name his best performance that mm-hmm. I've seen. And I and it, it is perfect. It is perfect for this movie. I yeah. I can't I can't think of a better of a, a of a better way. Uh, just because five is such a you know it's gonna you know he, he, it's only I give nothing here. five out of five. We'll come back uh in six seasons of this show and like do like a rewatch of some of these things and maybe it'll be a five. Yeah. but I. Uh, Four and a half. Once he's like revenanted and we're yeah. sick of him and right. we, we want to go yeah. back and remember the, the, the good, we'll come yeah. back and see, man, man, he, uh, whatever Timothy wins his Oscar for, I can't imagine it's going to be better than what he gives in mm-hmm. Miss Stevens or Coen Bergen. But oh, you know, he could surprise yeah. us. But Brit. Um, I'll do five just because I don't like half half scores for <laughs> it, you know? On principle, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll do five. There was nothing in his performance that like distracted me from anything else. Again, I haven't seen him in much, mm-hmm. so it's, I don't really have. And you were going from scale. his douche canoeist character to right, which was a also very one dimensional, a, a good performance, yeah, but not one you want to ruminate on when Laurie Metcalf and uh, Saoirse Ronan are doing the damn thing, yeah. right. in their perspective roles. Right. I mean, he, granted, considering my takeaway from that was like I don't really like him. He played it well then. You sure. Know? Yeah. If he played a dick so well, where mm-hmm. I was just like, wait, I don't get it. He's he's a, yeah. he's a dick. Really, I, I, I'm what I'm sensing, and I, I I should have picked up on this more keenly before. You're you're fear of uh hurting my feelings was because you didn't find him attractive not because <laughs> yeah. you didn't think he was good yeah, which exactly, is fair because exactly. it said it, and i talk about this on the episode but it, it speaks volumes about me that i find him so attractive playing such a douche new character and the, mm-hmm. those are things that me and my therapist are working on but uh are you gonna have your therapist on an episode of this show, of the show? <laughs> <laughs> that should be the final episode is is have is your therapist listen to the previous 12 episodes and then, and uh, then tackle love the Coopers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that would that that would be getting into Lily Rabe and uh, uh, Billy territory yeah. mm-hmm. and hanging out too close with my. I love she's great, but yeah, mm-hmm. we shouldn't record a podcast right. with her. Uh, I'm with both of you. I, I I will go to four and a half out of five peaches for performance, just because you. I think there is so much more to come, and for me. Uh, his his acting ability has really crested with uh, "Call Me by Your Name" and and "Beautiful Boy." Though I will say, I'm not a a seasoned actor, but I, I I've done enough acting to know that I think it's harder to do what he did in Miss Stevens and do it in a way that is recognizably great than to do what he does in Beautiful Boy and be recognized for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the Oscar role. Like he Beautiful Boy. As much as you can like it, or as much as you don't like it, it, it was it's an Oscar bait performance. Miss Stevens, it, it it's nice that we did. It's kind of you don't have to. It's it's never going to be overrated. It's never going. There's no. There's right, never going yeah. to be a moment in which there. The Miss Stevens backlash. There's no timeline in, in which it happens. No. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of nice to. It will only become more beloved yeah. as right. time goes on. Right. Yeah. We w- we would have to progress very far into the future in, to have a world where. There's some uh, asshole on Twitter who's like, yeah, Stevens, nah. We would say this is an interesting tidbit. We all know this. Um, We have mentioned on the show that co-writer, producer, uh, Justin Horowitz, you will know Mm -hmm. out there if you don't know his name, he was the producer of La La Land, who very famously 
opened up the envelope and showed it to the camera and said, Moonlight won. Won Best Picture. Right. So he's that guy. Right. This movie was made by overwhelmingly polite people. Yes. And and (laughs) we get to enjoy that. Real sweethearts, yeah. Yeah. I I think even... Jordan Horowitz has like had either tweets or things on the record of how much he loves Timothy and like I think him and Juliet like think the world of him. And oh yeah, what I've gathered, but they should collab again. Uh, please, I, I hope so. I, I that that is one. Even though I'm very excited for like Dune and Little Women and all his upcoming stuff, I hope he like continues to do like these small. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see him in a period piece. Has he done a period piece yet? Uh, he has a very modern I, feel to him. I, I mean, would... outside of like Lady Bird is. T- technically a period and so is call me by your name i mean it's the 80s actually right one of one although call me by your name is a is is a movie out of time it very much exists in a fantasy realm that is that is that is true and actually it's a great moment brit i i know in my heart of hearts you will you will make it to this movie one of the things i can't wait to talk to you about is the costume design Mm -hmm. call me by your name it i can't think of another movie that it would have never been nominated for the best costume design oscar because it's just not showy enough it's not even though it's a quote-unquote period piece, it's not a, a Marie Antoinette, a, uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. the a Shape of Water. It's not going to... Yeah, it's not aren't... a capital C costume design. Exactly. Yeah. The, but the costumes in Call Me By Your Name are... It's maybe my favorite costume design of any mm. film. I can... Yeah. I, I don't want to say ever, because that's mm-hmm. too, you know... That's a lot. Hyperbolic. Yeah. But it's... I, I feel. I hope the first thing you text me after that movie is about one of the patterns. That I hope it's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So great. So we we we're all in the the four point five or above. Uh-huh. Uh, his attractiveness, and let me just state for the record, he plays a high schooler. True. He was 19 when he shot the movie. Uh-huh. So if you if if you want me to sub in his uh, adorableness, his precociousness, uh-huh. his mm-hmm. cuteness instead of attractiveness, I will I will allow that. For uh, comfort's sake. Yeah. Britt, as a 20-year-old teacher, if Timothy Chalamet <laughs> offered you a sweatshirt... <laughs> oh my god. The sweatshirt. I can't. <laughs> that, the intimacy of putting on your students, your teenage students' sweatshirt... He doesn't give her a choice. I'm not saying that means she sort of yes, said yes. Yes, she does. She has a choice in every single thing that she accepts from that relationship. Okay, She sure. literally, you know, she mm-hmm. could have said no. Sorry, I'm, I'm speaking as if Timothy offered me something. I love the moment right. when Sam comes in and is like, can I eat those cheese puffs? And she has a moment of like, no, Timmy gave us cheese <laughs> <laughs> What if she broke and said, Timmy, Timmy. No, but I just, that was, that was a moment that made me extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Was the sweatshirt. Because yeah. if you think of putting on somebody else's sweatshirt, it smells like them. It's like a thing. It's, you know. You're right. And that is her, it is her teenage It's the students. most intimate thing that occurs It's the most intimate them. thing that happens. Yeah. And she keeps it on. And like a lot of that, so that was a lot for me. She um, has it on when the other kids come in the room. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is which is actually really interesting when you think about the fact that she's hiding all her clothes before, and then right. when they see her, she's wearing his, his clothes. Cl- yeah, yeah. Which like I'm not saying that's better or worse than seeing your teacher's underwear, but it's on that level of yeah. weirdness. Yeah, and of something that like everybody now knows. It's like a thing that happened is that right. she put on his sweatshirt. Yeah, like um, yeah. It's good that Lily Reinhardt and Sam are um, preoccupied with their own shit. Yeah, right. or else they would have detected that way better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he seems as, I don't know, attractive as, as, as I think. <laughs> we we specifically talk about his hair later, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a whole category for his hair. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah he's, he's adorable. Tall and, and lean biggest, and yeah, has I, an attractive personality, obviously, since yeah. he's a, you know, literally I, lets it go as far as it does. Uh, what I'll say, and, and this is a, a personal thing, he's he's very cute. It's a, it's a four out of five uh, attractiveness peaches for me. 
And the heft of that is the talent he displays in the dual monologue scene. It, it he he could he still has as I've referred to he he's got a, a lot of high school haircuts still on the, on top of that head but mm-hmm. he the talent he displays really pushes the attractiveness to me uh, for it's a four to five are we in agreement yeah okay I'm comfortable with that uh, so hair I have to remind myself <laughs> so 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 as Brit Google's mis- so I'll say uh, as I've said it's not full interstellar high school haircut he is. He is on his way. And that's actually something I'm excited to explore when I when I get to Call Me By Your Name. The hair in Call Me By Your Name is not stellar. Like, five out of five hair is, is Lady Bird, a beautiful boy. The lush uh, Charlotte's very visible and, you know, when he leans yes. down. Uh-huh. I actually keep a gif on my phone where he, uh, he must have been, like, Instagram living or something, but he, like, leans into the camera and, like, the hair falls. Oh, and it's sure. very triggering. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so the hair is not, the hair is not spectacular. I'll give it, um... I'll give it a, a fair 3.5 peaches out of 5 peaches. Yeah, it seems hair. like he 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 tries more than he lets on, but he doesn't want people to think... He doesn't right. want people to think that yeah. he's trying. Like, yeah. maybe he'll look at it briefly in in the mirror in the morning and kind of, like, push it one way or the other and mm-hmm. to where he wants it to be. Yeah. Um, but he's not styling or... No. Yeah. And if it was too good, it wouldn't be a believable high school No, boy, no, no, so. no. It wouldn't right. fit with his, like, hunched-over hooded sweatshirt vibe. Yeah. Number Versus people. watching videos on her phone. Yeah, sorry, I'm just watching GIFs of Timothy Chalamet. Is that, that's what this podcast is about, right? Yes, this is a Timothy Chalamet podcast. Right, no, but, like, watching GIFs of it and just yeah. being happy about yeah, it. Yeah, actually, I, yeah. I, I envision just uh, hours of silence as we uh, uh, show each other our favorite GIFs and occasionally maybe shout out URLs for people to... <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, the hair is three... Again, mm. I've only seen him also in Lady Bird, where the hair was specifically like good hair. Mm-hmm. As good as he is in that movie, like sixty five percent of the performance is, is is good hair. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this uh, picture of him reading a People's History, smoking a cigarette with his hair in his face, and like that's good hair. His hair's not that good yeah. in Miss Stevens, but sure. that's on purpose. Yeah, he does also. What, the weirdest cool. bit in this movie is when they stop for gas, and she looks over, and he's just sitting on top of a stranger's car. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking a cigarette. That that. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? That's a weird. That's, that's a weird <laughs> that's shot. The, that's the like pushing her. That's the jumping out of the car of Ladybird. That's like the <laughs> one shot that they did for the shot. But you're like, wait, what? Huh? He did what? Oh, her jumping out of the car on Ladybird. It's too funny. I don't. It's too good, and I don't. It didn't detract anything for me. Great. So yeah, the over the the lowest grade we gave was for hair, and yeah. that's mostly to serve the purpose yeah. of the stories. Well, that's about it, guys. Uh, that's yeah. that's episode three of Chasing Chalamet. Ooh. Clay, Britt, thank you so much for watching this movie. You both had a lot to do to prepare for my, my visit to LA. So getting getting this movie in, I, I, I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, thank you yeah. so much for uh, having having me on. I'm I'm movie. honored that out of out of what maybe thirteen or fourteen guests you're going to have on this entire show talking about Timothy Chalamet, that I am one of them. Right, <laughs> which seems. Unfair, maybe to the to the stands. <laughs> the stands. I, uh-huh. I I apologize to the stands, but I do love this movie, uh, and I and it it is a point of pride that I I, I feel like I did my part to to you know sort mm-hmm. of discover and push it out onto the internet sure. uh, in my small way. So and yeah, so I'm I just gonna throw it out there that I you know I can see my standmanship going way up in the next few years as Timothy just gets a little older. Yeah, and, and from, from history and from recent events, Britt, we know that you can go from zero to 60 on things in a, a very short amount of time. Right. For, yeah, for, yeah. Those who, for those who don't know, Britt, Britt Keller went from, I haven't seen an MCU movie, to, I believe Britt told me, I'm going to say between five and 75 times yesterday that Tom Holland's Instagram handle is Tom Holland 1996 So... <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, we, yeah, zero to sixty really quick doesn't take much. Just a subtle yeah. suggestion, and I'll go for it. Did you watch the video I sent you on Twitter of Timothy saying, uh, or I'm sorry, not Timothy? Uh, yeah, Timothy actually uh, point of order. Timothy uh, was up for Spider Man. Really? And Homecoming. It could have been him, which I'm really glad it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I think too that, tall. Too tall, and he obviously was meant to play Harry Osborn, so. Right. Well. So, anywho, thank you guys. Right. I really appreciate it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Dane McDonald. The show is on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, it's Chalamet Chasing, and on Instagram, it's Chasing Chalamet. Uh, where can people find you guys on the internet if they if they want to? I... Where, where can the Timmy stands... <laughs> Reach out and express anger that. Oh man! You does guys it, are does on this the show. mean that the Timmy stands are gonna are going to find me on Twitter? I, I Clay, I can't. Be not, Timmy stands, please be kind. Timmy stands. I like Timmy Chalamet. Actually, there's no reason why Timmy stands would be mad yeah, at me. No. Did you like see? Him. Did I you like see uh, the Impossible with Naomi Watts? I haven't. Rem- well, that's I'm, a Tom Holland picture. It right? is a Tom Holland picture. Uh, <laughs> there is a point at which a monsoon hits uh, Sri Lanka or whatever country they're in. True. Uh, Timothy stands are the monsoon, and you guys are the resort where all the nice white people are staying. So. Oh boy! <laughs> Watch out for that. That's exciting. <laughs> but yeah, so when so when the stands do want to come after you, where yeah. can they find you guys on the internets? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Britt C Keller. Britt with two T's. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm at Clay Keller, uh, and I host a show called Screen Drafts, uh, which you can find at Screen Drafts or on iTunes, etc. And if you want to hear more of the three of us talking, uh, in addition in addition to a delightful uh, man named Jesse Knight, uh, Britt and Dane. We're on an episode of Screen Drafts focusing all on the filmography of Amy Adams. Yeah, it's a good uh, one. So if you want to hear Dane stan out for, <laughs> for another, someone besides, or, you know, in addition to Timothy yeah. Chalamet, find uh, the Amy Adams episode of Screen Drafts. I had someone in my life ask me if I could meet either Amy Adams or Timothy <laughs> Chalamet, who would I meet? And I want the two of oh, you to no. guess who I, who I answered. Uh, you killed the friend. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I didn't kill the friend. Amy but Adams. once we're off mic, I'll tell you who the friend was and maybe why I would have killed him. Amy you, Adams. Amy Adams. Yeah, yeah. I think Amy Adams because I think in 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 your heart of hearts, you realistically think maybe if you met Amy Adams, there's a better chance that you could become friends than anything happening with Timothy. Here's Chalamet. my reason. I think Amy Adams would be. It's like the don't meet your heroes thing. Like, Amy Adams would not disappoint you, and you would be far too heartbroken if Timothy wasn't who you wanted him to be. Mm, there you go. And it's very heartwarming that you two seem to know me more than my friends who thought uh, I would I would see Timothy. So, yes, you're correct. I did say Amy Adams. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel very... My, my heart has grown so many sizes in the past couple of days visiting you guys here in L.A. Uh, so, yeah, uh, consider sharing this podcast with your friends, your family, your loved ones, uh, whoever, even if you don't like them. I don't know. Have them listen. That's nice. I'll take any listeners who want to come. Obviously, the, the hope, the goal, and the dream is that Timothy himself ends up listening uh, we, what up, Tim? We strike up a... a Timothy, then. A, in that case, we should have been saying Timothy. Timothy, yeah. All the time. Uh, yeah, we hope, hopefully that uh, we become close enough by, by the time they start filming the Call Me By Your Name sequel that I am employed on it in some capacity. I am more How do you than, feel about the title of the sequel book? What is it? I'm glad they didn't try to riff on uh, uh, Call Me By Your Name as one of my, my personal favorite tweets is I did the, the Fast and Furious movies as Call sure, Me By yeah. Your Name. So, it, so to call me... Two by your name. I'm glad they didn't go that route. It's called the book is called Find Me, okay. but it's kind of up in the air as to whether that's going to be like the firm basis for the 
for the movie sequel because the, the movies seemed as if they might go in like the before trilogy direction <laughs> I hope they do a thing like uh, with Jurassic Park and then the Lost World Jurassic Park where they developed the movie at the same time the book was being written and then mm. they ended up being very very different yeah but hopefully to to, to better results I would hope <laughs> yes but yeah certainly uh, but yeah if, if by if by, uh, if by some stretch of the imagination doing this podcast gets me cast as uh, Elio's boyfriend against uh, Army Hammer's Oliver <gasps> and hopefully fingers crossed married to a woman played by Dakota Johnson which is what I'm really pulling for uh, spoilers for the so your dream by your dream name. casting for the calling by your name sequel uh, is Army Hammer yes Tammy Chalamet reprising yeah. reprising their roles, their roles yes <laughs> um, frequent Luca Guadagnino collaborator Dakota Johnson as also Oliver. a famous actress. Yes. These are things. Uh, and then you. Yes. <laughs> I think the four of us would light up the screen. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be it would be beautiful. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the hope, dream, and the goal, as I said. Uh, but for now, I'll just take people who want to listen to my little podcast. Well, thanks, guys. Chasing Chalamet is written, hosted, and produced by me, Dan McDonald. The show is also produced and edited by Will Bybee. Our theme music is by Jacob Horn. You can hear more from him and his band, the Jacob Horn Trio, on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp. Our cover art was designed by Jessica Deal. You can find more of her work at jessicadeal.com. Deal is spelled D-E-A-H-L. And until next time, later. And I got myself